Welcome to Beyond the Limelight, presented by Master Effects. My name's Ryan. I'm director of marketing here. I'm joined by Vince, the owner of Master Effects. Uh, we are back from a brief hiatus for another season, summer 2021. We're feeling really good. We know everyone else out there is feeling good too. Uh, if you're new to this show, thank you so much for joining us. Our mission with Beyond Limelight is to go behind the scenes with the industry's most influential people, uh, share some expertise, gain some knowledge, um, and inspire the the next generation of artists and entrepreneurs. So if you like what you hear, you gain something from the show, uh, let us know, leave a review, tell your friends, tell your family. We're excited to bring you more content in the coming months. So without further ado, we have a very special guest today, Vince. Yeah, it's an honor to have who we have on the show today. Um We'd like to welcome a very special guest, the CEO and head of creative uh, at DX7 Design, the legendary Tom Sutherland. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for coming on. We really appreciate your time, and um, we're excited to talk to you a little bit today. Um, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so you started in the industry when you were very young. Um, did you always want to be a lighting designer, or was there something else you had in mind that just, you know... How did it all start? So I, I started with secondary school, what we call in Britain, um, when, when you're from 12. I uh, started seeing people like doing the school productions and things and like lighting on that. And I thought, oh, that looks fun. So I um, was fortunate enough to live, on the, live in the outskirts of London. So sent letters to kind of different West End shows, uh, The Lion King being one of them and the BBC. Um, got invited to like a Sunday matinee of The Lion King and um, the the kind of backstage lighting team took me under their wing for for a show, was helping them kind of with all of the backstage stuff. Um, so for a twelve year old kid, it was kind of like wow, it's incredible. Um, and then uh, a couple of different lighting designers who were based in the TV world um, got in touch uh, or responded to my letters. Um, one of those guys is a guy called Mark Kenyon who. Uh, who did uh, Strictly Come Dancing, our version of Dancing with the Stars back in back in Britain. And um, he just kind of invited me along uh, at weekends and stuff to whatever he was doing. So so did that pretty much uh, up until my 16th birthday when uh, when um, there was a programmer on a, a show for ITV uh, on a Saturday night uh, who's uh, who went sick. And I was kind of there trailing for the previous shows. And and they turned to me and said, uh, Tom, do you think you could do it? So I, I sat in the seat on my 16th birthday and programmed this, this TV show for for ITV. And um, the, re the rest was kind of history. One, one thing led to another. Um, uh, met the right people, got in with the right crowds, and eventually kind of uh, around 26 came out to the US and, and started working on stuff out here. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that really is. W was it intimidating at all at 16 <laughs> years old to be behind that console, knowing that like there's I mean, that many people watching? Yeah, I mean, I was crapping myself. But, <laughs> um, but to be fair, I think when you're that young, you don't you don't really have the anxieties that you do when you get older. Like the the world's your oyster. Like you kind of are just running on the adrenaline of, of doing what you're doing without any of the fears that you kind of get when you get older. So, Absolutely, so it's yeah. just kind of, kind of in it. Yeah. And I could imagine like back then, I mean, I don't want to say back then cause it's really not that long ago, but writing letters seems to be so much more personable these days. Right. You know, do you think, I mean, it, it was, it was the days before like heavy, heavy emails and stuff. And it was like, still, it doesn't seem that long ago now, but, um, 
but yeah, like the, the letters fell into the right hands of the right people and I kind of got chances. And it was, it was very much in the, the days when people were kind of leaving the, the television networks to become freelance. So it was, it was, it was the early days of uh, kind of figuring out that freelance market. So people were kind of very receptive to, to helping younger people come on. And like, I think it's much harder these days because everyone is kind of freelance and I like people coming out of college need industry people to help them get a foot in the door because realistically that's, that's the only way how it really happens now. Yeah. And speaking of college, you did go briefly to, to school for lighting, correct? Um, so I didn't, I, I left school. I, I did what we call our A levels, which is kind of between 16 to 18. And, um, I was actually like skipping off school to go and work as like a technician in the studios and stuff. And, and, um, I remember I, I was studying briefly for a year, drama, media, and law. And the law teacher phones my parents one day and it's like complaining that I'm never in class. And, and I kind of convinced my parents, I was like, well, look, I'm at the BBC, I'm working. Like, let me do it. <laughs> So, yeah. um, so they let me they let me leave school um, early, um, and then I had the option of whether to go into the Brit School, um, which is like a performing arts uh, run. The same people who do the Brit Awards and things, and and I was kind of in a position where I, I was surrounded by the right people. Like people were giving me offers. Like even if I wasn't working, I was happy to go up and help and get stuck in on on any shows just to like gain more experience. So. So that's kind of what I what I ended up doing. And that, that's awesome. And then where in that mix did you start DX7? Um, so DX7 started, um, uh, it must have been when I was around 20, 23, 24. We, um, we, I started getting um, asked to do things like The X Factor um, and Britain's Got Talent and and all of those kind of the audition stages of those shows back in Britain. Um, and, uh, and, and I had a business partner back there um, and we kind of decided to, to go at things um, together uh, and, and create DX7. And then we kind of went our own separate ways a couple of years later and DX7 gradually kind of came over to the U S and I, I hung on to it and we've kind of built, the company now so there's myself joe holdman who's my kind of right hand man and business partner and then um i've got hunter and jasmine as well who um who work with us and and pull everything together <laughs> that's incredible and for those people that are listening that don't know can you give us all that dx7 does for production <laughs> So we're, we're lucky and I count myself genuinely lucky. We, we're able to do, uh, we're in several different markets, whether it's the Middle East, China, Europe, the US, um, bits in Australia. Um, and, and we, we've worked across live music, events, television, um, all of those sectors. So we get a real insight into how different sectors of the industry work, which I, I absolutely love because it means that we're, we're constantly challenging like the rules of television, for example, like who says that you can't bring in a rock and roll elements and, and break the rules of what's naturally being done in television for years, like pushing the boundaries, not taking the, the easy way making sure that we constantly reinvent ourselves and, and make ourselves as a, a company at the forefront of kind of what we do is, is very important to me and, and the team as well. We all 
for example, we're, we're drafting up the VMAs at the moment, and we've gone through three different separate versions of a design before we've even got to a kind of budgeting phase because I want to make sure that the one that we land on is is right. And, um, and I want to make sure that we've tossed out all of the ideas that aren't working first before we get to the one that's right. And just just constantly doing that. I mean, the, the guys in the office hate me because we're constantly drafting <laughs> stuff. But, and, I'm um, and I'm sure nowadays with how demanding, you know, content is on TV, you know, especially with last year, you know, you, you have to push the envelope. You have to make sure that you're keeping people engaged, not only in live experiences, but also virtual as well, correct? Yeah, 100% across the board. And and within kind of lighting, it's like you have a set design and you have video content, which kind of creates the scene, but lighting always provides the emotion. And you can really transform an audience, whether that's in person or on camera, by by what's involved in a lighting design and how you look at something. So, so doing that is something that I kind of personally really enjoy. Yeah, I mean... I- just looking at all your beautiful work, it I mean, I didn't even hear any music and I was just like in awe of just the way that some of your symmetry is and the geometry of the way that you you placed your fixtures is just unbelievable. So amazing work and you. to you and your team. Yeah, good, absolutely. Job. Thank you. Um, and kind of building off that, you, you do a lot of work internationally, obviously. Uh, you know, here you have offices in Shanghai and London. Um, do you ever find that the cultures that you're working in ever inspired the the lighting design that you're working on? Or is it more of um, a homogenous where everything is is your own style? Um, I, I would say the, the cultures are very... The cultures taught me a lot and when working, for example, I think the first time I went to China to consult on a project, I was, I think, around like 24 or something. And going into different cultures and accepting that, that people work in different ways and, and it's not going to be as easy as it is working in the US or in Europe. Um, you, have to, you have to get the people there on board is is the biggest the biggest issue and you have to realize like in china for example they they have their ways of doing things and and they're always pretty challenging um but but at the end of the day you have a product to deliver but know where to pick your battles in in any of these territories um it's kind of my philosophy and how we how we drive but i mean it depends we look at i look at each show individually whether that's in Dubai or or China or or Europe or wherever, um, and I, I think that always starts from what the set design is, and and you just you start with there working with the set designer, and and depending on if it's like a more of a cultural event, you might rein things in necessarily, like mm-hmm. like we've done stuff in the UAE which has been more culturally based and and just tailored more to to what the event is, but. But I always make sure with the designs that we have enough in the in the toolbox to to create enough looks, to create the emotion, to create the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the basis upon any design when I start. Cool. And then your your process, I re- read that um, you kind of start really, really high to where it almost scares the production manager when they, when they look <laughs> at the budget and scale back from there. How did you discover that this process works best for you? Because I, I always like start with the dream, like like with anything. If you were building a house, then you build the, the biggest, fanciest house you can. <laughs> like like with a, a lighting rig, it's it's the same. I'll start with 
what I would love this to be, even if I know it's not going to fit the budget. If the initial thought is there and the dream is there, then I can chip away at things, work with the vendor, but still protect the fundamental elements mm -hmm. uh, that I see make that design unique and make that design what it should be. Yeah. Very I love cool. that. Start with the dream. Yeah. yeah. I mean, exactly. Hey. I mean, it's, if, if we're working for like big clients, then, then that's, that's what they want. If, if they want the dream, then we'll find a way to get it there. Yeah. You know, and a big job of DX7 is probably taking the unimaginable and making it just happen, a right? Reality. I mean, a reality. And that's it's in our industry, the entertainment world. You know, the designers are always trying to do stuff that's never been done to push the bar even higher. Yeah. So that's yeah. Great. I mean, a, a good example of just coming off American Idol and and that show's obviously had a designer for a very long time and we're bought in to do... Um, do new things and change things up, but you're working with uh, teams of people who've been doing the show for very many years. So it's also how do we get those people on side and those people on board to say, right, look, this might not be the easiest route, but it's going to look good. Mm -hmm. And and that is a whole thing in itself, that working through the the politics of of those kind of shows in particular is is a whole separate thing to to the job rather than just turning up with a plot and going here, let's load this in. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to ask a question about a show specifically and correct me if I'm wrong about anything here, but the last season of dancing with the stars, because there was no audience uh, was filmed a little bit differently. It was actually filmed in 360. How did that alter your design and, and how did you basically, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Execute. Yeah. How, yeah. How did your design change to that? So we we initially, obviously with no audience, we had to fill the holes. So I worked with Florian Weeder um, on where we could put screens and where we could put like visual treats um, to fill the gap of the audience. And then any places where we couldn't really afford screens or they didn't really work, we filled with lighting products. So for example, uh, Phil Hayes, is, who's the director, who's... Um, fantastic to work with does lots of kind of steady cam 360 shots so i made sure like that we just had a wall of i think the relation darts on one end of the room that joe when programming can fade up and you just get this like massive starry twinkle that fills all of those spaces and um and, and it's interesting actually i was on a call this morning with the team and we all liked it so much with the without the audience it's kind of like <laughs> how do we integrate them back in but with the amazing elements that we we put in last year like so we're trying to find that middle ground for this year of of how we how we still get what we achieved last year but with the audience back <laughs> yeah, i guess it's a lighting designer's dream when when you just have as much room as humanly possible to fill any space with fixtures or special effects yeah. that you want so you're able to yeah, do yeah, and that was going to be my follow-up question is, has this inspired anything in the future? And I, you already answered that. So it sounds like it's kind of finding its way into some new designs in this this new landscape. Um, do you feel like that kind of stuff, what we experienced last year, is propelling the industry to a different realm in terms of uh, design? I, I think so. I think what, what COVID did do is it it made people figure stuff out pretty quickly and i i think that it made people look outside the box of right how do we how do we solve this how do we how do we still create emotion in what we're doing but without 
physical audiences there. And and I think like a, a lot of designers who I spoke with and work with, like hey, I've looked up to lots of their work over the last year, and there's there's been a lot of people who figured stuff out pretty quickly. Um, so I think yeah, I think we have learned a lot. Um, especially it's like the, the past has taught us a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Look, looking forward, you, you've done so many different types of projects, like you said, festivals, television, um, tours, all these different kinds of things. Is there a certain project that DX7 or yourself hasn't worked on yet uh, that you have in your sights and that you've dreamed of? Um, I mean, it's always like everyone would always say a Super Bowl or Olympics, right? I think yeah. that's the that's the goal for for all of us um so so i'd say i'd say pretty much pretty much they would be they would be the dream one day <laughs> yeah that's not far-fetched at all i love it and what what, is, what does dx7 stand for so there's, there's a funny story about this there was the lighting console that i used to use and um the, it's a bit of a stupid story but um, the, there was a button on it that was dx7 and it was always the one that i kept pushing so it ended up falling off and okay. so it's the one I kept having to replace. So I just named the company after <laughs> after that. <laughs> I really like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's a bit it's of a silly story. But <laughs> yeah, simple and sweet though. I love yeah, it. Yeah, simple and sweet yeah. for sure. Yeah. You need to make sure it's with the button on it or something. Yeah, exactly. You know? Good idea. <laughs> yes, that's the next logo. I'm stealing that. <laughs> that's awesome. A um, couple last questions that uh, kind of silly in, in a sense, but I'm very curious. Uh, you won the Knight of Illumination Award in 2018, correct? For, uh, I believe it was Pitbull's residency. Um, yeah. One of the coolest awards you can win because they give you an actual sword, right? Yeah. Have it's a you, weapon, that thing. It's, it's a massive. weapon, yeah. Have you used it or is it more like safely stored and displayed somewhere? It's, it's in the office, but I keep the thing on the end because it's sharp. Like that yeah. thing. <laughs> I keep the little guard on the end of it because that thing is really sharp and weighs a ton. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not a toy. It's like an actual katana sword. Yeah, I, I, there was one designer who um, I can't remember who it was. He had to get it shipped to his uh, house abroad somewhere, and it was pulled up by customs, and a whole thing happened about it. I can't remember <laughs> yeah. who it was though, but I remember hearing the story. <laughs> Way cooler than your average trophy. That's I, for sure. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got to see. I'm gonna have to see a picture of the sword. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice. Um, and then one other thing I was curious about, uh, you, you were quote, quoted saying, I always dream respectfully and I always dream big. Can you expand on on what that means? Like, what does it mean to you to dream respectfully? It means like, like I said, we start with the designs that, that are most likely over budget and that we're going to bump into rigging capabilities. We're going to bump into all of these other departments that need to do what they need to do down the line. So to me, it's important to listen to those people. Like my number one rule is I know what I don't know. And if I don't know something, then I'll go to the people who do know and I'm say, look, this is the design. Tell me what is actually capable. Like let's push it. But if it's physically not possible, then let's all work together and, and get it into a place that is physically possible because at the end of the day, if it looks good, then we all look good. Um, and so just working with working with people to to always do that and and knowing knowing what I don't know and, and seeking advice from the people who do know what I don't know at, at the right points is is how I kind of dream respectfully. <laughs> yeah. 
I love that. And I, I honestly think that's probably one of the things that makes you so successful is being able to admit there are things that you don't know and you're always willing to learn. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. So Tom, what inspires you other than, you know, fi- new fixtures and lighting? I mean, what, what do you do for fun? What do you, what do you like to do? What does a day to day in Tom Southern Sutherland's life look like? So when we were allowed to travel, I loved to get away. I did love the the sneaky holiday um, here and there. Um, trying to stay healthy on on this kind of work routine and lifestyle is, is something that I like to try and do also. Um, and living in Los Angeles, just like beautiful hikes and stuff like that, is is quite important to my life. Making sure that you get the get the mental health check every now and then, and clear clear your mind is is important when. Um, when you're kind of dealing with different time zones, different projects, different, different things, just making sure you keep the you time in your life is, is something I always try and check. Yeah. I think a sense of clarity is, is highly underrated. Yeah. 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 Really in this modern world as well, when especially working on different time zones, like you, you go to sleep to a bunch of emails, you wake up to a bunch of emails and then you're doing it all throughout the day. It's like, just got to make sure that there are times where if you want a weekend, then, turn the laptop off, like have a yeah. weekend. Like yeah. nobody's going to miss you if you don't answer an email for 48 hours. Like just it's keeping important. the life. Yeah. Keeping the lifestyle at balance is, um, is important. Awesome. That's great. And now who are your, uh, some of your mentors that you look up to in this industry? So, uh, the people who brought me on a, as a lighting designer, a guy called Mark Kenyon in Britain, um, who uh who was one of the guys who i wrote to another guy called roger williams who's a television lighting designer was was very very good to me um i've I've been very lucky with lots of kind of directors and producers who've who've had my back and have have helped me especially when coming over to the us um and then kind of people's work who who i admire like baz halpin is always a genius al gurdon's work is absolutely wonderful um to look at um and so yeah they've they've kind of been big inspirations as i've kind of grown up and has been looking at their projects and things awesome it's amazing now you're pretty young i'm dx Seven's only been around for what six seven years is that about right yeah yeah about right yeah so you've already done so much but what does the next five years look like for you i mean to be honest, I, if someone said, like, how did this happen? Like, I don't really know. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, we've, we've worked hard and the team have worked incredibly hard and we've all made, uh, maintained a, a, a good posture, I like to think. Like, we've always maintained respect and, and none of us are shout at people. And I always make sure, like, the crews are respected. Um, and things, one thing has just led to another. Um, and, and so, I mean, it's, it's an exciting time for us. Like we're, we're getting really like exciting projects. If I could see where, where we go, like the bigger shows, the better, the, the more exciting projects that come in, the better. I, I've never really set myself a goal as saying like, I, I want to be a creative director by the time I'm 35 or anything like that. I, mm-hmm. I've kind of just just taken everything as it's come and and made sure that we deliver on those things and and naturally things have just kind of fallen into place. So so I kind of like doing that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. it's working for you. <laughs> it's, Absolutely. Yeah. 
sounds like your passion's just leading the leading the race there. So, you know, yeah, it is. It is like making sure that everything we do is is done correctly and and in the right manner is 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 just how I like to operate and how I like to work. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. it certainly is for sure. Any any advice to some of these these young entrepreneurs or or young creative designers that that want to do some of the stuff that yeah. you get to do? Um, yes. My advice would be like, I spent so much of my youth, like worrying about where I was going to get to and how I was going to get there. And, and that would cause kind of stress and anxiety and stuff. And, and I would say like, don't worry, like focus on the, what you're doing, make the right connections, make sure that you're nice to people is number one. Um, make sure that you ask questions if you don't know something because ultimately that gets your respect if you try and pretend that you know people aren't going to respect you who know what they're doing um and just just work hard and it will come it's is my work hard be nice and just stay respectful and and then it, it will come yeah Absolutely. that's great advice and, and again it's it's worked very well for you um You've done so many amazing things so far. We're excited to see what the future holds for DX7. Oh, thank um, you. We're excited to meet you too. Hopefully, uh, we can catch you at a trade show later this year. Now that things are coming back Fingers a little crossed, bit. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Right. Fingers crossed. That would be amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Well, is there anything you'd like to, to share with some some of the fans of the show? Is you know they should follow you on Instagram and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, we've got the DX7 Instagram that we kind of try and keep on top of and, and the Facebook page. So give us a like. Sounds good. <laughs> and how about this? Any any cool stuff we should keep an eye out for that you're working on that you could that you could talk about? Uh, yeah, the VMAs is kind of our next big, big up and coming thing. Um, uh, so yeah, we're, we're kind of well into the design phase at the moment. It's, uh, I believe it's 30 years of MTV. So they're going to try and do a huge amount of live acts, which is a bit petrifying, but kind of a fun challenge. Um, and, and I think where, where it's heading currently, it's going to be quite a fun show. So that's something to look out for September the 12th, I believe is the awesome. date for that. September the 12th, VMAs. Make sure you tune in and watch <laughs> this man's beautiful work yes. at play and his team. Yes. Yes, yes. Thank you, Tom, so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's Thank you, guys. A pleasure. Yeah, it's lovely to chat with you. Take care. And thanks to all our listeners. We will see you next time. Yeah, till next time. Cheers. Cheers.